Okay, good evening everyone. Shalom Aleichem, Baruch HaMaboam. we still have a minion left in the five towns. So thank you everybody for coming. And um, tonight, Parshas Mishpatim, we want to thank uh, the sponsors of tonight's shir. We thank uh, Dr. Zakheim and Mishpachta for sponsoring all the shir on Sefer Shemois, Le'i Nishmas, Shalom Eliezer ben Rav Yaakov Zakheim, and Le'i Nishmas, her mother, Rivka Bas Tuvia, for the whole family. Also, the Shurim on uh, Sefer uh, of Chodesh Shavad are sponsored by the Israeli family of Great Neck, by Mr. and Mrs. David Israeli, Leila Nishmas, their father, Mayor Ben David, for the whole family. Tonight's Shur is sponsored by Mr. Anonymous. That's amazing. Anonymous is a very common name in Kali Yisrael. And uh, it's sponsored with Eli Nishmas, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter on his yard site. I'm sure Rabbi Yisrael would appreciate it. And also, Eli Nishmas, Rabbi Mordechai Pagramansky, Shaila, the Amek Bracha. So these Nishmas should be Melitz Yosher for all of Kali Yisrael. Also, tonight she's sponsored by Sroli Stegman in honor of the birth of a daughter 17 and a half hours ago, and her Fushlema for his wife. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov, Tiska Legala, Tarlchov Masam Tovim, and Rufur Shalem of Sar Shachal Yisrael. Okay, right now as we speak, um, the new Sefer on Purim is uh, being prepared for publication. If anybody would like to have a chilek in it, please let us know as soon as possible. Okay, Parshas Mishpatim. We have a seemingly technical Pasuk. We know that Parshas Mishpatim is the Parsha of torts and damages. And the Pasuk says, If a fire will go out, and will catch thorns, and consume a haystack, or standing grain, or a field, the one who lit the fire has to pay. So simple enough. You light a fire, you got to pay. <laughs> what could be so complicated about lighting a fire? So let's start with the Gemara Baba Kama and Daf Samach. The Gemara tells us, that Rav Ami and Rav Asi were sitting before Rabbi Yitzchak Navcha. And they both, uh, this rabbi had good goods, he had goodies, you know, good stuff to say over. So the only thing is, the two Talmidim in front of the Rebbe could not agree of what they wanted to hear shir on. You know, there are always guys, some guys like to hear Agarita, some guys like to hear Halacha. You know, there's some people, by a Halacha shir, they go crazy. Ah, oh, Halacha, it's sharp, it's concise, it's, it's, it's stimulating, it's interesting, it's practical, it's relevant. And they go to Shem Achshava, and they're, they're like, they're out to lunch. Like, well, what's this guy talking about? And then the other people, they love Machshava. That's what gets them going. It's interesting, it's, it's, it's sophisticated, it's inspiring. And Halacha is like, okay, so I just won't do anything, you know? So uh, this I do, this I don't do. Some people are Agoda people, some people are Halacha people. And one of them wanted to hear Shmaitza, Shmaitza is Halacha, and one of them wanted to hear Agada. So the Rebbe started with Agadata. The other guy, the other rabbi, he's, uh, he's like, no, I don't want to hear that. So the Rebbe started saying Halacha. So the other rabbi said, no, I don't want to hear that. So the Rebbe said, okay, so uh, one, we can't hear anything. You know what it's like? It's like a guy who had two wives. <laughs> one was very old, and one was very young. Now the old, <laughs> the old wife wanted to have an, a more mature looking husband and she loved every gray hair he had 
And the young one wanted to have a young-looking husband, and she loved. She didn't like his gray hair. So the old, the young one plucked out all his gray hair. The old one plucked out all his black hair. So the time he was through with both of them, he was bald. <laughs> you know, so the <laughs> that's a good one, Israel. No, so therefore, so the Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha said, by the time I'm done with the two of you, there's nothing left to teach. I have a great idea. I'm going to teach something that's conducive to both of you. So he picked this pasuk. Now Kiseitze went out on its own. And the one who lit the fire, even though the one who lit the fire, he's not really responsible. He just lit a yardside candle. I mean, he, and it just went out on his own. He has to pay for the conflagration. Says God, I lit a fire in Sion. I lit the fire. I have to pay for the fire. Ani I lit the fire on the base of Mikdash. It consumed all the foundation. I'm destined to build it in fire. By the way, when do we say these psukim? Part of Nachim. On Okay? So that was the Agadita. The Agadita is, God said, I lit the fire. But technically speaking, I lit it. Who made God light it? God lit it, but, but it's our fault. So technically speaking, maybe God should be potter. God says, no, I lit it. The fact that you guys spread it, I have to pay. And by the way, here's the Shmaitza, here's the Halacha. It starts off talking about your monetary ownership of the fire. Kiseitzeyesh. And then we say, it's like your body damaged. To tell you that what's a fire, a fire is your arrow. Now, that happens to be one of my favorite Lamdash Sugyas and Shas. Here it goes. We're about to speak out a Sugya and Shas, which is one of the most Lamdash Sugyas and Shas. You would think it's strictly Lamdash. It is so full of Agarata, this Lamdash Sugya, it's unbelievable. The question is, you have a fire. Let's say um, there are the four main kinds of damages are Shar, Bar, Mave, Heber. Shar, Bar, Mave, and Heber. Rashitevois Sivma. Sivma is the last of all the Ari Haktani Hakanani mentioned in Parshas Matais. The source of all Tuma is Sivma, Sharbar Mav and Heber. And we know what a Shara. Shara is if your ox damages, your ox gores, it eats, it uh, steps on someone's crop, it 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 um, we know Shara is either Karen Shane, Regal. So you say, oh, that's not relevant anymore. It's very relevant. It's probably the most relevant damage today. Most damages today are uh, people don't know how to drive cars, right? So that's the biggest source of damage today is Shar. Oh, it's not relevant. Bubba Kama is not relevant. Bubba is most relevant. It's more relevant than Hilkos Tefillin. Hilkos Tefillin is six days a week. Once a day you put on Tefillin. People in the car the whole day, they're Shar Hamasik. You know? They're Shane, Regal, Karen... You know, and the many people are muad; they're not atam anymore. You know, most anyway. That's shar. Uh, bar bar is also very simple. Bar, let's say bar the Shabbos. Bar is uh, people don't they don't shovel their snow. It's a bar. Uh, bar who who makes a bar today? Well, most people they don't they don't salt their driveway, so it's a bar. Fine. Mave is adam. 
Adam Amazek is the biggest Mazek of all. Even if a guy's sleeping, he's a Mazek. And Hever. Hever is fire. Now, the question is, what exactly is fire? Fire is, Rish Lakish says fire, it's your money. It's like your ox. You lit a fire, it's your property. Rabbi Yochan says not your property, because your property has substance to it. You're, it's a thing, like you could, you can't go like that through your property. Fire is not some, substantive. So therefore, Rabbi Yochan holds that uh, Aish is not your money, rather Aish is your arrow. The same way your arrow, you pull back the arrow, and then in 10 minutes it hits somebody. A putter! Uh, what do you want from me? What, what did I do? You went like that. That was 10 minutes ago, but uh, the damage happened 10 minutes later. The answer is, something you set into motion is Adam Hamazak. It's you. So a fire is you. Rav Shlokish says, no, a fire is not you, because a fire, because an arrow is your kayach. You pull it back, so when it goes forward, it's your strength. A fire, the wind takes it. Therefore, Rish Lakish says, an arrow is not you. Rabbi Yochan says, an arrow is you. Rish Lakish says, Ishai Misham Mamoinoi. Rabbi Yochan says, Ishai Misham Chitzav. Your arrow is your, uh, your fire is your arrow. What's the nafkamina? What's the practical difference whether your arrow, whether your fire is your arrow or your money? Very simple. You have, a, you have a dog. You unleash the dog, and it bites the guy's head off. So the guy has to have uh, plastic surgery to sew his head back on. Fine. So you have to cover the surgery. But uh, what about the guy's... Uh, you, you have to fix the guy up. What about now he's uh, out of work? Okay. Too bad. Not my problem. I paid, his, I paid for damages. He, it was very embarrassing for him to walk around with a head on. Okay. That's not my problem. I don't have to pay his, his doctor bills. I don't have to pay his embarrassment. I don't, it's very, it was very painful for him to be without a head. It caused him a lot of tsar when he had dog bite marks on his neck. Okay, feel very bad for him, but you don't have to pay for it. Now, Allah is when your money, I'm sorry if this year is getting too graphic, but if, if, you, if your money causes damage, you just pay nezek. But when you damage, you have to pay five payments. You have to pay damage. You have to pay loss of work. You got to pay doctor bills. You got to pay pain, and you have to pay embarrassment. So if your fire is your arrow, so it's you. You got to make five payments. If it's your money, you only have to make one payment. That's enough kamina between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. Fine. Here's a million dollar question. There's a great rabbi. His name was Rabbi Yitzchak He had two talmidim. One said, "Teach me Agadata." One said, "Teach me Shmaitza." So he says, "I'll do both." And he seemed to have taught two completely random halachas that have nothing to do with each other. So how did he satisfy both of them? Again, he didn't satisfy anyone. The first, when he talked about the fact that God is responsible for paying for Yishalayim, so the Amoira who wanted to hear halacha should have said, what are you talking about? And when he, ta- when he said, Yisham Misham Chitzav, the Amoira who wanted to hear Agadata, should have said, what are you talking about? But clearly, if he's saying, I'm going to satisfy both of you, that means these two teachings are one teaching. The fact that Hashem, who burnt down the Beis HaMikdash, has to pay for it, and Yishai Misham Chitzav, it must be that's one halacha. Otherwise, he wouldn't be satisfying both of these Amoran. But that's the question of the Chassam Seifer. Chassam Seifer wants to know, clearly, if Rav Yitzchak Nafcha is saying, okay, I'll teach both of you something, 
He's teaching Agadita and Halacha that are both interrelated, interconnected. So how does the fact that God is going to pay and rebuild Yushalayim, what does it have to do with Ishai Misham Chitza? So some service says as follows. And tonight we're going to be focusing on Rabbi Yochanan's worldview in Shas. And we're going to see how many of the things Rabbi Yochanan said in Shas, many of his fav- famous shitais, it's one shita. We're going to try at least. Chassam Surfer says like this. If you look in the Gemara and Brachis, the Gemara and Brachis says there are three psukim that if not for these three psukim, the Jewish people would have no standing. And one of the psukim are Harayoisi. God said, you sinned? Nah, I caused you to sin. I caused you to sin. We appreciate your acknowledgement that we're not the one sinning, that you're the one who caused us to sin. How so? So the Chassam Surfer says like this. We know God gave us the Yitzhahara. Yeah? God gave us the Yitzhahara. So if we sin, it should be God's fault. The thing is, it's not. It's not because God also says, I give you Yitzhahara and I give you the medication. What's the medication? The Torah, Barasi Yitzhahara, Barasi Torah Tavlin. The Medrash says it's analogous to a father who smacks his son. And the father says, just keep the bandage on. If you keep the bandage on, you'll heal. You don't keep the bandage on, you're, you're going to get an infection. So God says, look, I smacked you. I gave you a Yitzhahara, but I gave you a bandage. That's a Torah. You learn Torah, you're good to go. You don't learn Torah, you're in big trouble. So if we sin, it should be our fault, not God's fault. We have a Torah. The thing is that when Klal Yisrael received the Torah, they overcame the Yitzhahara, but then we sinned with the Egal. And the Yitzhahara came back to us to some extent. And we still have to deal with the Yitzhahara. Now, who put that original fire in us? God. <laughs> but who welcomes the Yitzhahara into our lives and embraces him and gives him a nice room in our house to stay in and allows him to move in permanently without paying rent and made him feel very comfortable in our house. We did. So God started the fire and we've been fanning it our entire lives. But who's responsible ultimately? Well, it depends. According to Rish Lakish, okay, it's something that we have to guard, but it's not like it's God's fault. It's not like God is actively making us sin. But listen carefully. Rabbi Yochanan Shita is that if a person starts a fire and it catches to a bush and it catches to a haystack and it catches to a house and it burns down 50 houses, every moment the fire is burning, it's like you're going, psh, psh, you're actively burning the fire. That's a Shita Rabbi Yochanan. Isha Misham And therefore, God says, you know why I'm going to rebuild you, Shalayim? Because I started the fire. And even though you fanned it and you poured gasoline on it and you poured kerosene on it and you sprayed it with all kinds of lighter fluid, but I started it and I'm responsible. You know why I'm responsible? Because we hold like Rabbi Yochanan, Isha Misham Chitzav. Okay? That is the approach of the Chassam Soifer to this Gemara. I believe the Munkacher in the Sefer Shari Yisachar, he says the same idea. But this is the approach of the Chassam Soifer. Let's go to another statement of Rabbi Yochanan. You ready for this? The Gemara in Chagiga Dafhe, number eight. 
And we're trying to explain a Pasuk in Va'ira. Look at number 7. V'gamani shamati. Esna'akas ne'isra. And I will also hear, I have also heard, the outcry of Yisrael. Asher Mitzrayim avidim oisam, that the Egyptians enslaved them. Va'ezkar brisi, and I remembered my covenant. What does this Pasuk mean? It says, Gemar Chagiga. Rabbi Yochanan, when he got to the following Pasuk, he cried. There's a Pasuk at the end of Devarim, and it will be that it will befall you many evils and tragedies. What? Think, look at this Pasuk. V'hoya kisimtsena oisoi ro'is rabbi svetzores. And will be, it will befall you many tragedies. It doesn't say that God will bring the tragedy on you. It's almost like God's going to hide from you and then Mamela, the tragedy will strike. So Yochanan cried when he got to this pasuk. A servant that his master brings upon him evils and tragedies. He's doomed. Right? Could, does a servant who his master is going to bring upon him many tragedy have any takana? Rabbi Yochanan cried whenever he got to this pasuk. Question. How about Rav? What did Rav do when he got to this pasuk? I he seemed to have been, Rav was good with this Pasuk. He didn't have any problems when he got this Pasuk. What about Ravina? What about Ravashi? What about all the other Amarav? Why Dafka did Rabbi Yochanan cry when he got to this Pasuk? What, what about Rabbi Yochanan elicited a cry when he got to the Pasuk? V'hoyo kisimtsena oisoi rois rabbi svetzaris. Margaret, listen very carefully. We know that there's an unfortunate phenomenon in life that people experience Yisurim. Now, Yisurim could be very mild. The Gemara in Erechen says, Hechidami Yisurim, you put your hand in your pocket to pull out a quarter, and you pull out a nickel, that's Yisurim, it's also Mechaper. Any difficulty, any setback is Yisurim. Are Yisurim Mechaper your Averois? So the Gemara has a discussion, well, if they're Yisurim of Ahava, then they're the Mechaper your Averois. What's Yisurim of Ahava? The Gemara says, if it doesn't cause you to miss shear, if it doesn't cause you to miss learning, then it's mecha- then it's mechaper. If it causes you to miss learning, it's not mechaper. Then the Gemara brings a different opinion. If it causes you to miss tefillah, it's not mechaper. Only if it doesn't cause you to miss davening. Rabbi Yochanan says, no. All Yisurim is mechaper. Shenemar, Ashrei, Hagever, Asher Tiasren, Oka, Umi Tairoscha Salam Denu, Rabbi Yochanan says, don't read it salam denu, ela salam adenu. That God in the Torah teaches us, Yisurim is mechaper. From where do we learn Yisurim is mechaper? From an Eved Kanani. Anybody here have an Eved Kanani? If you did, then we would take down your statue or something like that. But, does anyone have Eved Kanani? No. If you had an Eved Kanani, and we knocked... And your mass, and you knocked out the tooth of the Evid Kanani, he would go free. Or if you knocked out his eye, he would go free. Shane Ba'ayan. So Rabbi Yochel makes the Kabbalah If someone who knocks out the tooth or the eye of an Evid Kanani, the Evid Kanani goes free, even though the tooth or the eye is only one part of the body, Yisurim, which is painful in your whole body, it expunges all your sins. That's Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says, we learn out, Yisurim is Mechaper from Shein Va'ayin. 
Says the Gemara, oh, that's what Reish means. Reish says, it says, bris by salt, and it says bris by Yisurim. Just like salt sweetens the basar, Yisurim cleanses you from sin. Now listen carefully. Rabbi Yochanan learns it from a Kalvachoymer of Shein Va'ayin. Right? Rabbi Yochanan learns it from a Kalvachoymer from knocking out the tooth or the eye of your slave. And Rish Lakish learns it out from Xerah Shava from Bris Bris. What difference does it make whether you make a Kalvachoymer or Xerah Shava? It's a very big difference. What would, the, what would the halacha be if the Yisurim were not God sent? God didn't send the Yisurim. God hid himself and allowed the Yisurim to befall the person. Would that be Machaper? Well, then it depends where we learn Yisurim out from. If we learn it out from Shein Va'ayin, the only if the master punches the Evid in the face and knocks out his tooth or his eye, does the Evid go free. But if the master Al Yidei Grama knocks out the tooth or eye, then the Evid doesn't go free. So if the Evid doesn't go through Ayyadei Grama, then if a person got Yisurim Ayyadei Grama, meaning God backed away, he hid himself, and a person because of that suffered, then there wouldn't be Mechaper. Rabbi Yochanan whenever he got to the Pasuk, that God will hide himself, and you'll experience Yisurim, Rabbi Yochanan cried, because according to Rabbi Yochanan, if a person experiences Yisurim through Hester Panim, they're not Mechaper. Because the whole source of Yisurim is a Kavachomer from Shein Va'ayin. But Shein Va'ayin is only, um, only brings you Lecheros if you do it intentionally, not if it just happens Ayyadei Grama. But according to Rish Lakish, Yisurim is always Machaper. Because what's the source of Yisurim according to Rish Lakish? Salt. Salt, whether you're, the person throws the salt intentionally on the meat, or he throws it behind his back and he thought he was throwing it in the garbage and it landed on the meat. Salt on meat sweetens. So Yisurim is Mechaper regardless of what, how the person experienced Yisurim. So when Reish Lakish got to the Pasuk that there's a phenomenon of Hester Panim and HaKadosh Baruch Hu can allow Yisurim to occur even though he's not doesn't visit them on the person. Reish Lakish was cool with that. Why? Because according to Reish Lakish, Yisurim is always Mechaper. But according to Yerachan, Yisurim is only Mechaper if HaKadosh Baruch Hu intentionally places them on the person. And therefore, Rabbi Yochanan cried when he got to the Pasuk that there is a phenomenon that sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu will withdraw himself and allow Yisurim to occur. Now, what? Oh, how would you know the difference? Rabbi Yonasanai Bishitz in the Yaris Tavash says the way to know the difference is if it's just a natural kind of difficulty like the regular vicissitudes of life that could be God is being master panav and al- allowing the course of nature to take effect. That is not Hashem visiting, that's just Hashem allowing. But when something unusual happens where it's clearly the hand of God, where this is not a natural thing, then you know it's God visiting. But I don't think we ever really know for sure. Okay, this is from Rav Shamshin from Ashtapoli. Okay, this idea. Now, the Imre Noyam of Jacob, he says something incredible. That means there are two sources of Yisurim. There's Kavachoymer and there's Gzerah Shava. Kavachoymer from Shein Ba'ayin, Gzerah Shava of Bris Bris. 
Now, we learned many times the 13 Midoy Shatayra Nidreshes Bohem correspond to Yud Gimel Midas Harachamim. Kale, which is the first of Yud Gimel Midas Harachamim, according to that Rizal, Hashem Hashem is sort of the headings. Hashem Kale. Kale is what? Kavachoymer. Rachum is Gzeira Shava. So Yemre Noyam of Jacob says that's what it means, Vaschanan. Ki kale rachum Hashem alekecha. God is not just kale, where he uses kavachoymer to make it that only if intentional Yusurim is machaper. He's also rachum, that he accepts Gzeira and he accepts Reishlokish's form of Yusurim. That's the number 20. Now back to, one second, Rav Shanshan Shapoli. That's the pshat in the Pasuk and Va'era. Look at number 7. God says, I hear the outcry of Israel. The problem is, Asher Mitzrayim avidim oisam. The Egyptians are hurting them, not me. So if Egyptians are hurting them, it's not going to be mechaper. So you know what God says? Don't worry. Vo'ezkar brisi. I remember the bris of salt that Yisurim is mechaper, whether it's me or the Egyptians. Okay. That's the Jewish part. Now you got a, this is Oyem Venoira. A little lumbus. This is unbelievable. You ready? You with me? Okay. Yishoy Misham Chitzav. Your fire is your arrow, which means you lit a fire and it's burning over there, but it's like I'm actively burning it. Every second is burning, it's like it happens. Ask the Namukhe Yosef, you ever hear of this Jewish custom that people light candles before Shabbos? Jews from time immemorial lit candles before Shabbos. Hadlakas ner Shabbos. Yeah? Or Jews from time immemorial eat food on Shabbos. How do they do that? They turn on the oven before Shabbos. You ever hear of such a phenomenon? You turn on the oven. That means the oven was turned on before, but it's actively burning on Shabbos. Now that, according to Rabbi Yochanan, every moment fire is burning, it's not your your ox that's going out, it's you actively burning it. Ask the Namukhe Yosef, how in the world are you allowed to light Shabbos candles? When it's burning at 9.30 p.m., you're actively causing the fire to burn, you're Mechal of Shabbos. Certainly, when you light a fire, you don't even want it to spread. And even though you don't want it to spread, it's considered like you're actively spreading it. You're actively burning it. Certainly when you light the Shabbos candles or you light your your oven, you want it to be burning on Shabbos. So how can you light the Shabbos candles before Shabbos? That's your Misa on Shabbos. That's the Mukhe Yosef's famous question. You ever hear that question? The Stipler has an answer to that. That's the famous question of Mukhe Yosef Babakama. It's worth it to come down to Oilam just to hear the question of the Nemuke Yosef. You got the question? Answers the Nemuke Yosef, when we say Yishai Misham Chitzav, it doesn't mean that at the time the fire is burning, it's like I'm actively burning the fire, but rather all future repercussions of the fire are latent in the original act of lighting the fire and it traces back to the original ignition. 
So all future burning of the fire is latent in the igniting the fire, but that happened to Erev Shabbos, so you're good to go. You're right, the burning of fire is your active Misa, but it's latent in the ignition of the fire, it's, it's rooted in the original Misa, and the original Misa happened on Friday, so you're good to go. It's not like every moment that it's burning, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. It's like my original act entailed in it all future burning. That's the Mokei Got it? This is now where you're going to hear the question of the century. Comes the Avnei Nezer, Geshmak Akasha. Yeah? There's, you're going to be licking your chops for at least 24 hours. The Gemara and Tainus wants to know how, what happened when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed? Did it happen on the 7th, the 9th, the 10th? You can't say the 7th because the Navi says the 10th. You can't say the 10th because the Navi says the 7th. So the Gemara says, let me tell you what happened. They entered on the 7th, they ate, they partied, they reacted debased on the 7th and on the 8th. And on the 9th, all the way at the end, of your, our Tishabav is a shtickle backwards. You know, uh, the night of Tishabav, when we're going to show what happened, historically, nothing. And in the morning, when we're sitting on the floor crying, what happened historically? Nothing. And then we get off the floor at the end of the day, what happened? That's when they burnt down the base of Mikdash. So they set fire at the end of the day when we're getting up. They set fire and it burnt on the, the end of the 9th and the whole 10th. Rabbi Yochanan says, well, wait a second. So we got this whole Tisha B'av wrong. If I were around, Ador, number 12, two lines to the bottom, I would have made Tisha B'av on the 10th. The majority of the Hechal was burned down on the 10th. So what are the rabbis hold? Eh, the beginning is the worst. What's going on over here? Rabbi Yochanan of all people, he, if he was there, he would have established Tisha B'av on the 10th because the majority burnt down on the 10th. But Rabbi Yochanan holds Isha Misham Chitzav. That means whenever a fire is burning, it's actively burning. And you're doing it. Now, Bishlama, if we would have said, like the Nemuk thought that every moment the fire is burning, it's like I'm actively burning it. So the majority was actively burnt on the 10th. The only thing is that Muke Yosef says that all future active burning is latent in the original ignition. So the original ignition happened on the 9th. The same way you're allowed to light candles Friday night should, should have explained to Rabbi Yochanan who Lashitase holds, Isha Misham Chitzav, that Tishabav is correctly established on the 9th of Av. What's Rabbi Yochanan talking about? If he was around, he would have established it on the 10th. But Rabbi Yochanan holds Yisham Yisham Especially the way we explained it according to the Mukei Yosef, that all future burning is latent in the ignition. That's a good word. <laughs> That's the cash of Avnei Nezer. No? Kashvaka cash. Comes the heart and the Hart Svi, Rotsi Pesach Frank, and he says that people misunderstand the Nemuke Yosef. He doesn't ask this question we just asked. He asked a different interesting question. Anyone here ever makrev a carbon mincha? Just checking. Halacha is, if you want to be, eat the mincha, if the Kaihanim want to eat the mincha, you have to have the koimetz, the kmitza has to be burnt. Once you burn the kmitza, the shirayim is mutter ba'achila. At what point of time is it considered the koimetz, right? You know the koimetz, Israel. 
the Kayan goes, he takes the fistful, he goes, you know, and this is the Kaimetz. And when that fistful is burnt, the rest of the Mincha could be eaten. When is the Kaimetz considered burnt? When Mishayoyches Ha'ar Beruba, when the fire takes hold of the majority. Ask the Hartzvi, why do you have to wait until the fire takes hold of the majority? According to Rabbi Yochanan, Isha Mishum Chitzav, as soon as you ignite it, all future burning is latent in the original act of ignition, so it's considered should be considered completely burnt from the beginning. Why do you have to wait until Mishayoches Ha'ar Bakula? Why don't you just say, Isha Mishum Chitzav, all future burning is latent in the original act of ignition. So the Hartzvi says, it's a mistake to think that what the Nemuke Yosef means that all future burning already took place. No, nobody said future burning already took place. It just means all liability has been incurred from the original act of ignition. Doesn't mean it, it's already halachically burnt. Oh, you think it tastes raw? No, it's already barbecued. No, it's not already barbecued. It's all hischaivos, and all responsibility has already been incurred. So therefore, you, you could light the Shabbos candles on Friday because all of my responsibility for this act has already been incurred upon. I'm, I've already accepted and uh, taken responsibility for all repercussions. It didn't burn yet. So the Avnei Nezer said as follows regarding um, Tishabab. When the question is, when we're being done, when the issue is the act, the pu'ula, for example, on Shabbos we want to know, did the person violate Shabbos in action? So when did the act of burning take place? The whole act, the pu'ula took place out of Shabbos. But why do we fast on Tisha B'av? Because of an act? Or because of the result? We fast because of result. So, so the result happened on the 10th. Nobody, nobody says, like the Hartzvi said, nobody says the result happened on the 9th. The result happened on the 10th. So when the issue at hand is, when should we mourn a result? We should mourn a result when the result happened, which is the 10th. That's why Rabbi Yochanan says, if I would have been around, I would have established Tishbab on the 10th. Tishbab is a day of mourning for a result. But in terms of, Liability for damage, liability was incurred from the act of ignition. Liability for Shabbos, I'm responsible from the act of ignition. Okay, so far so good. Another statement to Rabbi Yochanan, this is beautiful. There was a man by the name of Rabbi Yochanan. And they told Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, you know, they're old people in Babel. Rabbi Yochanan lived where? In Eretz Yisrael. He put together Talmud Yushalmi. Rabbi Yochanan was one of the first Amoran. In fact, Ramban says the same way we say Rav Tanahu Pollock, you could say Rabbi Yochanan Tanahu Pollock. It's interesting. The Amoram are all Rav. The Tanoam are Rebbe. It's Rebbe Yochanan, not Rav Yochanan. You know that? It's Rebbe Yochanan. It's Ravashi. It's Rav Huna. It's Rebbe Meir. Rebbe Akiva. Rebbe Tarfain. And it's Rebbe Yochanan. So even though he's the first Amoira, you're allowed to say Tanu Apollo. He was a Talmud of Rebbe. He was one of the youngest Talmudim of Rebbe. 
I think he was a young boy as a Talmud of Rebbe. So he didn't fully consider himself a Talmud of Rebbe. He was the Talmud of the Talmidim of Rebbe, but he did learn from Rebbe. And they told Rabbi Yochanan, you know, they're old people in Bava. Rabbi Yochanan said, impossible. It says, You can only live long in Israel. So they said, no, Rabbi Yochanan, in Bavel they come early to Shul and they stay late. So Rabbi Yochanan said, oh, now I understand why they live long, because they come early and they stay late. So all the Achroinim ask, okay, but it says you can only live long in Israel. So very nice they come to Shul. Let's say you say, let's say they would have told Rabbi Yochanan they blow shofar Rosh Hashanah five thousand times. That doesn't that's very nice, but that doesn't explain why they live long. You can only live long in Israel. So what good does it do that they come early to Shul and they stay late? So Rav Pinchas Hirschbrung, he's one of the old time great Bekiim. I remember Rabbi Obam knew him very well. Rav Pinchas Hirschbrung would say, you know, there's a, a, a machlekis in the Gemara. Who's greater, Sinai or Eicher Harem? A guy who has a lot of bakias or a guy who's very sharp. He doesn't, you know, like Reb Chaim Brisker held, no, if you know one blonde in Shas, you know the whole Shas. The Nitziv held, if you know the whole Shas, you know one blonde in Shas. What's better, to be a Bucky or to be a Kharif? So the Gemara says, um, Sinai Adif, it's better to be sharp than to be wide-ranging knowledge. So they asked for Pinchas Hirschbrung, um, the following question that if Oikar Harim is better than Sinai so let the Oikar Harim the sharp guy come and be Oikar Sinai let him uproot Sinai so he said yeah he would be able to the thing is he doesn't know where he is he can't find him he only knows you know but uh, Rabbi Pinchas Hirschbrunk said the Pshad in Rabbi Yochanan is Rabbi Yochanan throughout Shas always says you look at the end you look what's going to be in the end and the Gemara says in Megillah that all the shuls are going to be transplanted to Eretz Yisrael. So the shuls have the status of Eretz Yisrael in the world view of Rabbi Yochanan who always says, look what's going to be, project what's going to be in the end. I would add, but this only works out in the world of the Nemuke Yosef where we could project what's going to be in the end, but it's all latent right now in the beginning. Otherwise, who cares what's going to be in the end? Very nice, we project what's going to be in the end. But we need the heir of Eretz Yisrael in the place right now. Otherwise, how's the guy going to live long? The only way the guy's going to live long is Rabbi Yochanan Lashitase, the way the Nemuke Yosef explains him, that we project what's going to be in the end and we say whatever's going to be in the end is latent right here in the beginning. Okay, two more things. The uh, Marsham, the Rav Shalom Mordechai of Barjan, one of the Gedolei Apoyes from the 19th century, he says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed Moshe Rabbeinu a matbea of Eish, a coin of fire. Right? And Moshe Rabbeinu had a, he was Neskashe in the Machzis HaShekel. So Hashem said, don't worry, don't worry, the Jews will be able to pull out of the Chet Ho'egal. And he showed him a Matbeya Shalesh. And the way the Marsham explains it is that Moshe Rabbeinu was asking God, God, I don't understand. You tell the Jews to try their best and you'll give them Siata Deshmaya. So they'll put their best foot forward and Habola Taher Messiah you'll help them. They'll start the fire and you'll help them along. 
But at the end of the day, you did everything. Why, why are the Jews accredited for what they accomplish? So the Marsham says, if Ishoi Mishum Chitzav, then even though God helped us most of the way there, but if you start the fire, in other words, any time we put our best foot forward and we take the first step and we, we make some small efforts in Avedas Hashem, then the principle of Isha Misham Chitzav says, even though God takes us the way, the rest of the way there, but we started it, we, we are, uh, we are accredited with the full Misa. Okay. Next, Rabbi Yochanan. This is the most famous Machlik, Rabbi Yochanan Rishlakish and Shas. So on Yom Kippur, you gotta fast. And how much are you now to eat? A big fig, yeah? A big date. Or let's say chilev. You're not eating chilev. How much you're not to eat? Kazayas. Let's eat a chazi, a half a kazayas. Are you allowed to? You see a guy, he's, he's, uh, he's in McDonald's. What are you doing here? Are you out of your mind? And he's sitting there with a schnapps glaze. So what are you doing? I'm eating shirim. <laughs> I mean, I'm eating shirim. He's eating less than a kazayas. I hold like Rishlakish. Rishlakish holds chazi shir mutter menatayra. He says, it's awesome. we say it's awesome in Rabbanan. I don't listen to the Rabbanan. So he's eating. It's chazi shir asr menatayra mutter menatayra. Famous makhlik is Rabbi Yochanan Rishlakish. Rabbi Yochanan says asr menatayra. You're not going to get malchus, but it's an isr dairaisa. And Rishlakish says, no, it's mutter menatayra. Rabbi Yochanan holds it's Asr because Rabbi Yochanan holds another shita. Chazil it's Tarufe. Because if you eat a Chatzi Chazayis now and then in 10 minutes eat another one, it will be Mitzarev to a Chazayis. Rabbi says, no, it won't join up. So Chatzi Shir is Mutter and it's not Chazil it's Tarufe. So, the Satmar Rebbe, Rabbi Aaron Teitelbaum, he says that it's Rabbi Yochanan L'shitase. Listen to this. It's a Gishmak alumnus. He says, first of all, he says, I used to explain that Rabbi Yochanan holds Chatzi Shir Osir Menatar because the Chatzi Shir has Chashivos. So if it has Chashivos, then that will pull you. In other words, everybody agrees Avera Gares Avera. So if you hold Chatzi Shir's Osir, that means Chatzi Shir is a Dabar Chashiv, and it will be draw you to do another one, another half a shear. So it's chazik it's tarufe because if the first shear is a davar chashuv, and it's then you did an avera, it's going to draw you to do another avera, and therefore it's going to be mitztarif. But according to Reish Lakish, chazi shear is mutter. So the first chazi shear, you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. It's not going to be draw you to do anything more because you didn't do anything wrong in the first place. So it's not chazik it's tarufe. But then he says that we could say much better. Ready for this? Rav Yochanan holds Chatzis shares Asr Menatayra. Why? Rav Shlakir says Chatzis shares Mutter Menatayra. You know why Rav Yochanan holds Chatzis shares Asr Menatayra? Because Rav Yochanan says, listen here. What's going to happen? I always look what's going to be in the future. Isha Misham Chitzav. Right now you only had a half a shear. But it's going to be Megarer another half a share. So you say, okay, who cares if it will be, but right now you didn't do it yet. No, but Rabbi Yochanan Lashitase says, 
we're going to project what will be in the future, and it's latent in the original act. So therefore, even though right now you only had Chatz but the reason why we say Chazi Ritz is because what you're going to do is or projected and entailed and latent in the original act. Therefore, Rabbi Yechonah knows Chatz Yishir Torah. Rish Lakish says we're not such uh, prophets. We don't look into the future. So right now, I only had Chatz Yishir. And the fact what I'm going to do in the future is not projected and latent in the original act. Never Chatz Yishir Torah. One last thing. So my friend Rabbi Isaac gave me a very nice sefer on Gilgulam. And uh, by the way, I'm going to use it. I'll show this this week. So, so I was thinking, this is all about Rabbi Yochanan. I have to see who's Rabbi Yochanan. <laughs> so who's Rabbi Yochanan? We know Rabbi Yochanan had ten sons and they all died. Rabbi Yochanan used to hang out in front of the mikvah. Mikvah of Nashim. Why Rabbi Yochanan was exceptionally handsome. And the woman would see him, and then she would conceive Anoshim Yofim Kamoy Rabbi Yochanan. There's an idea that what's pictured in the mind before husband and wife are Mekayim the Mitzvah affects the outcome of the, of the child. So they asked Rabbi Yochanan, you're not afraid of Ayin Hara? He said, no. I come from Joseph. Joseph is above the Ayinar. I mean, everyone comes from Yosef. How did Riochelin come from Yosef? In fact, he was from Shevet Yosef. The Seder Hadoyeris brings, Rabbi Yochanan was the Gogol of Yosef HaTzadik. And that explains he was very handsome and that his ten sons who died, you could just imagine what we could do with that. And that, this is the topic in and of itself. Throughout Shas, okay? This is a topic in and of itself. But one thing we know about Yosef HaTzadik. The brothers are, the, when Yosef says, Ani Yosef, so the brothers are like, oh, oh, we're in big trouble. Because we sold him. We, we ruined his life. We saw, we took it. Yeah, but now he's the king. Who cares now he's the king? Who cares what the end is? And what does, what does Yosef say? Yosef said, look. Look what happened. So it comes out, since this is what the end of the matter was, when you originally sold me, it wasn't an act of ruining my life. You were sending me down to Egypt to become the king, to be able to pave the way for our whole family to survive Mitzrayim. If I would be a Rish Lakishnik, I, I cut off your head. Because who cares what the end of the matter is? Since when does the end of the matter affect how something started? But Yosef HaTzadik was able to say, and this is the Chiddush of Yosef HaTzadik, that the fact that But he had to sit in a bar for, with snakes and scorpions and he was... He was accused and he was in a jail until he got to the end. It was a long, it was a long process. But maybe Rabbi Yochanan is following the his origins of Yosef Hatzadik. That when we see the end of something, that sort of defines what happened mitchilase. That is the shita of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan could say, "I understand why they're all people in Babel, because since the shul will ultimately be in Eretz Yisrael, it's like in Eretz Yisrael now, and I understand why you could light the candles on Friday afternoon, because 
everything that's going to burn on Shabbos, it already happened in terms of responsibility on Erev Shabbos. So this is the Shita of Rabbi Yochanan. This is Rabbi Yochanan in Baba Kama Daf Chavbez. This is Rabbi Yochanan in Mesechta Brachos and Daf Chav. This is Rabbi Yochanan in Mesechta Yuma. By the way, the Shagas Aryeh says that according to Rabbi Yochanan, Chatsi Shir Asr Menatayra, Chatsi Mitzvah is also Asuchos. If you do a little bit of a mitzvah, let's say the Let's say you eat half a kazayas. According to Rabbi Yochanan, you didn't fulfill the mitzvah, but it's chatzishir is something, somewhat of a mitzvah. So it's always interesting to see how the uh, shitois of the various amaram are connected throughout Shas. I once heard, what's the, why would you make something l'shitase? What's the advantage of making something l'shitase? So I once heard from Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky, he once came to our yeshiva, I don't know, about 20 years ago. And um, when, when was Rav Nafsin Sri Nifter? No, not 20 years ago. But um, he was mastered Rav Nafsin Sri in our yeshiva. He said, in the mere yeshiva, their mahalach is that if you have like five machlikas in Rashi and Toysvis, they try to say, all the Rashis are Lashitase, all the Toysvis are... What, what's the purpose of doing that? The idea is that why should you say Rashi and Toysus fought about five things? Why should you be Marbe B'machlekes? They had one point of uh, disagreement, and all these other Machlekes can sort of follow that line. So there is such a concept that the Shitois of the Amaram, what they say in one place is sometimes or often connected to what they say elsewhere, and this is a little bit of a glimpse of the Shita of Rabbi Yochanan. Wishing everyone a wonderful night. Thank you.